Well, that's great. Well, it's nice to be here. I did plan to come here a couple of years ago, but a pandemic happened and we all got locked down, so unable to be with you. <laughs> I'm Gary Donaldson, I'm an elder from Gordon Road Evangelical Church in Belgium, just outside Eastbourne. Um, you think it's warm here tonight? This is nothing compared to Shrek. Especially if you're preaching in a tin shed and the tin roof is just about top of your head. You can feel yourself frying. <laughs> so it's a pleasure to be here and I trust uh, that I present to you encourage you in your prayers. Um, one thing we covered from you it's not your money, it's your prayer. His work does not prosper, God's work doesn't progress without God's people praying. And we find that to be true. Um, so what I'm going to present to you tonight is two works. Lake Evangelical Fellowship of Churches. So that is the spiritual aspect of our work. So that's from church planting, building physical churches, providing reformed Christian literature, which we have translated, um, supporting evangelists, Sunday schools and Sunday school material. Kesharanka is a UK British charity. That's the social aspect of our work. So that'd be like small social housing projects, wells, providing um, materials for fishing, boats, nets, farming, etc., home gardens, um, goats, cattle, chickens. So those all projects come under the social aspect of Kershaw So Kershaw is registered, UK charity, that's our charity number. Labour churches comes under the church in Morden. So it's a church, you see it's a church-based, church-to-church work. After my presentation, any questions? I'm happy to take questions at the end. Anybody understands? So the youngest one here tonight is that young lady over there, I believe. Where is Sri Lanka? Any idea where Sri Lanka is? I'm putting you on the spot tonight. It's right there, look. <laughs> this is the island of Sri Lanka. It's known as the teardrop in the Indian Ocean. It's the Bay of Bengal. This is the southern tip of India. This is Tamil Nadu. This is the Pilot Strait, which is literally 20 miles distant from the southern India. There was a land bridge there. There are plans to rebuild a railway connection between Tamil Nadu and north of Sri Lanka. It's a population of roughly 22 million people. It's divided into three major people groups. Singhalese, they are Buddhists by faith and conviction. They are in the majority. You then have the Hindus, that Tamil by conviction. Mm -hmm. Then you have a very strong Muslim population also in Sri Lanka. And a tiny weenie Christian population as well, which is scattered all over the island. So, like up here, this, this uh, part has got no idea, is manor. All this area is very strong Roman Catholic. What's the difference between a Roman Catholic and Hindu? Doesn't matter. They all worship idols, they are pagans, as we know. So, Singhalese. And the Tamils live on the same island, but they don't speak the same language. They don't 
experience the same culture, that food, dress, everything about them is totally different. Um, 35 years ago, the war, civil war between the Tamil Tigers and the Sinhalese government, that started right up here in Jaffna. <coughs> so, Convoy soldiers were ambushed. That's a very long story which you have to go into. But civil war raged for 30 years. My first trip in 2004, there was a ceasefire, and we journeyed from Trimbley, which is here, up to Lake Tuna, a fishing village here. But there's all this district here was controlled by Tamil Tigers, and so it was part on the east coast. I've been to Sri Lanka 26 times, and since 2004, so just a little bit about the culture and the people. I'm always learning. It's a fascinating country, very friendly to Westerners, but not so friendly to one another. So, Kanamo is Kanamo here. That's the, the major city in Sri Lanka. That's a ten and a half hour flight from Heathrow. And on top of that, we've got an eight-hour journey across the Trinquely, where we have our offices and our work is based. Labour churches are currently supporting, in some degree or another, 53 churches in Sri Lanka. And most of the churches will have projects attached to them, which Sri Lanka cares for. So, Sri Lanka is constituted as a Buddhist nation. You see this brilliant statue all over the island, people's homes, no matter where you go, there's a Buddha. You see him high on mountain tops in candy. He looks over candy and he's protecting candy from evil spirits, etc. Buddhism in Sri Lanka is, is militant, it's aggressive. It's not the Western Buddhism. We've been fed a lie. It's not peace and harmony. Uh, a Buddhist monk was interviewed on the Crossing Conference of BBC several years ago now, during the wartime, and the Buddhist monk said that the Sinhalese army is a Buddhist army. It's there to defend the Buddhist faith. It doesn't quite equate my thinking of Buddhism. Buddhists are very strong in Sri Lanka, they have great power in Parliament, and uh, it is a dark religion. Mm -hmm. That said, Hinduism is even darker than that could be possible. <clears throat> many, many gods in the Hindu pantheon um, may encourage you to lie, to cheat, to steal. There's that. Images are grotesque. So, Sri Lanka is a very, very dark nation. Christians are 0.1%, and that percentage we're talking of Pentecostals, Prosperity, Church of English, and Methodists, you've got Brethren, every change you think of, and we represent a very small minority of Reformed Baptist churches. Probably intimated that Sri Lanka is bankrupt. Why is Sri Lanka bankrupt? Uh, the brothers here, man with a red sash, that's Nino Raj Baxter. He was a former president. A man in a red shirt, that's his brother, Governor Roger Paxter. He was president until the point of last year when he fled the country. 
presidential palace was invaded by people. He fled to the Maldives, and I think he went to Singapore. Um, but he didn't want to be Singapore, so he's now back in Sri Lanka under police protection. So, government is extremely corrupt, as in most governments in Asia, and I dare say here as well. Let's not point the finger, we are just as bad, I believe. So, these two brothers and their family members were running the government of Sri Lanka for many years. This man here has now been instated as the new president. <coughs> I still can't pronounce his name. Um, he was a he was a, he professed to be a Christian. He's now professed to be a Buddhist, because that suits his political agenda. So he's been trusted with bringing Sri Lanka out of economic disaster. He thinks he can do that within two years. I think he's pretty optimistic. But we can pray. We, we, need, we don't need to pray for these men. But God, through this terrible economic situation, God will speak to them as individuals and as a nation. Mm. Sure, that Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam are, are bankrupt religions like their nation. He was appointed within a week. It took us several weeks to appoint. So, so this is this trust. Was it? Yeah, this trust. Wasn't it? I wrote a coat to it, she was gone. A new one. They, they appointed him pretty rapidly. It was all done in Parliament. And, um, so that's one reason corruption in Sri Lanka, why it's been bankrupt. Second reason COVID. Initially, Sri Lanka did really well with the COVID pandemic. They kept it out of the country. It was brought in by fishermen from India. And once it landed in Sri Lanka, it just devastated Malaysia. They had no oxygen for hospitals, people were, were dying for lack of oxygen. Um, so COVID also smashed the tourist industry, that's their main income as a nation. Uh, my last flight to Sri Lanka was about eight white people on that flight. Normally it's round full of white people. So the industry has collapsed, not going to affect this. Hotels are empty, people aren't housemates in the hotels, chefs. Everything associated with tourism has, has collapsed. That's all due to COVID. Then another crazy policy the government decided, well, the Raj Baxter decided that Sri Lanka would be the first nation in the world to go organic, to go green, overnight, mm. dork. All artificial fertilizer banned, cut off. Mm. It just skyrocketed in price. It's still is, and it's come down a wee bit, but artificial fertilizer is very, very expensive. That disastrous policy has been reversed, but due to it, 50% of the rice crop failed, and other crops that they produce it. So you have this like this perfect storm, which has enabled Shrankham to become bankrupt. They are currently enjoying a loan from the IMF that's come with strings and regulations to be adhered to, income tax is probably up. I think last time I looked, inflation in Sri Lanka is 64 uh, percent. Um, it's a nation in deep, deep distress. Consequence of that, this picture was taken last year, 
no diesel. These are motorbikes. Like bees around a honeybug trying to try to fill up their tanks. <coughs> People were queuing here for three to four days to get diesel. People died, literally died in the heat. People would employ others to queue in their place so they get diesel. Not so bad when I was there in January this year. This was the longest queue I could find. Most filling stations had supplies of petrol and diesel. But you, you're rationed. So if you've got a smartphone, you're okay. You have a QR code, you go, they scan it, and it tells them how much you can have. You're limited. Once you hit that, that, that ceiling, no more for the month. So if you've got a paddy field, no diesel for your tractor. No diesel for your fishing boat. So again, this is not one effect all the time. Mm. The other effect is that there's no medication. Medication is a very short supply. There's no paper. There's no ink. Government officials aren't being paid their wages. They don't have any money to pay. So it is a bleak, bleak situation. And God's people are not immune to that. They are they're in it, in the midst of it. And the people we work with, they're poor anyway. They're day workers. If you don't work, you don't eat. No social services in Sri Lanka. There's no emergency service coming to your rescue. You can't go to the government for a handout. So, what do they do? They go hungry. They feed their children. And they go hungry. You go on YouTube. This is in the city, in the country, it's all over Sri Lanka. So that's a bit of the economic background. It is grim, it is pretty depressing. I was speaking to one young man, he's a lecturer in the University of Trinidad, very popular young man, he's, he's 29. He said to me that 70% of his friends have left Sri Lanka. They've gone abroad to study or to work. In January last this year, 700 doctors left Sri Lanka because of the situation. And that's just ongoing. So that two million the estimate of the population is a lot lower now because a lot of young people left the country have no intention of coming back. Once they get to Europe, America, Canada, they don't want to go back to Sri They want to stay here. So it's a brain drain. The professionals, is what we saw during the wartime. Those who have means can escape, those who are poor are left to fight. So that's quite depressing reading on here. But there is a gospel work in Sri Lanka, supporting 50 churches plus. And these are some of those workers. So every year, three times a year, we have a workers' conference at Six Mile Post in Trinkamalee. And uh, these are some of our brothers who were able to be there for the photo shoot. A lot of them already gone home because they had long journeys to, to travel back to the churches. So there's a mixture of Tamils here and Sinhalese. So when we lecture to them, they're translating the Sinhalese and Tamil. The Sinhalese will sit in a room to one side and uh, they spend the weekend studying, praying together, Christian fellowship, sharing their burdens and their concerns. <coughs> it's the last... What's the word? It's the last trip, um, this is Pastor Russell Robinson from Salt Lake City, I think that's in America, mm -hmm. I believe, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was there 
he went to India for two weeks, uh, speaking at a conference up in northern India, and he flew down into Sri Lanka and spent just over a week with me and workers. So, again, going through the doctrines of grace, talking about church discipline, church government, there's question and answer sessions, so that he was trying to penetrate their minds to see if they understood what he was saying, and most of the time they did. So, uh, Excellent translators. So that's three times a year. And then second week of each month through this year and last year we have a Zoom conference for the workers. So they will meet in their individual churches and some of the brothers will come together to a certain area and they will be taught through the Zoom. Zoom has its place over there. It's not perfect. But uh, it's, it's a good way for us to get to reach out to them with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. But just want to emphasize that we are a gospel based mission. We believe that the gospel is the answer to every human condition, mm-hmm. every heart needing, particularly for those in Sri Lanka, as it is for us here. So the gospel drives this work. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to teach them the doctrines of grace and understand. But some of these guys are first generation Christians. They've been converted out of mainly from Hinduism. And some of these guys have been Christians since they're young, young children, but they've been involved in prosperity gospel ministry and Pentecostal ministry, assemblies of God from South, uh, South Indian churches, big influence in Sri Lanka. So each region is divided up. Amongst these brothers, these are elders who oversee particular regions. A lot of our churches don't have pastors, they don't have deacons, they don't have elders. So these brothers are responsible for overseeing a certain number of churches in a particular district. So Leslie here, these looks are the churches on the east coast in Latvalow. From the South Field here, Singley's pastor, who oversees the Singley's work in central of the island. Brother um, Ambrose here, he looks after the Jackman region. And Brother uh, Yugarasa, he looks after another part of the northeast of Australia. And Brother uh, Angie here, he looks after the central area, tea plantation district of Australia. So they come together. Once a month to pray, to share their difficulties, their joys. And so each church has an overseer. We would love them all to be independent, every single one of them. But that's pretty much impossible, particularly at this economic situation over there. Mm-hmm. So these are some workers, and Mayfield uh, here is a deacon. And uh, brother here, uh, Ranji, another deacon from the church called Virimalaya, a very poor district on the east coast, just south of Trinkadoli. Lots of problems, no money there, there's no work, and again they're sharing their burdens with Pastor Jacob. So there's a network of support for these individual churches. So the first week was taken at the conference, the second week Pastor Russ flew back to the States and I stayed on and we visited some churches. 
So it was a church. It was early in the morning. We had early morning breakfast and uh, time of preaching and praying and sharing their concerns. And that was the, the routine for the next couple of days. There's another church up in Manor, which we visited. I've been to Manor Church for, for many years now. But mainly women, because the men are away working abroad. Gone, you know, to Arab Emirates states to work on building projects. A lot of them stuck during the pandemic. Uh, that again is a great social issue for people. Husbands being away, women and children defending for themselves. It's really difficult. Mm. We went to another church, Nekatunda, the first church I visited in 2004. Again, it's a church that celebrated their 25th anniversary. This year, um, but no pastor, no deacons, no elders. So they they stay together, gather around the Word of God, mm. pray for pastors. Mm. And we train men up, but they leave us because another group offer more money. Money's a big incentive to, to drag people away. If you're poor. What do you want? You want to feed your family, don't you? And if you have the money and you get a little offer, you'll go. Pray for stability, for integrity in our workers. Following day, we went to the east side. This is a place called Balatibu. This is a church which we built a few years back. So these are local brothers again of that district who come together and, and to share. You've um, got Bimbarasa, his brother here. He was head of the education department in Mataguri district in San Juan. Suman here, he was a, a medic for Temple Titans during the war. Um, this brother here, he was um, a political correspondent for Tamil Tigers. His sister here, she was in the Sea Tigers. They, soldiers of Christ now, I call them. Soldiers of Christ. They were fighting for their liberty, for their freedom, but now they're fighting for the gospel. In amidst extreme persecution, violence and hatred, Sister Mama here, I asked the ask question to all of them. Again, how many of you can become independent as churches? Because that's one of the problems we've been accused of in this country that we are controlling. We don't want to control, we want them to be independent. Mm -hmm. She said to me, There is no chance that we will ever be independent, particularly with the economic situation now. No chance. Anyone says they can. They are a liar. By independent, I mean you finance yourselves. You don't get money coming from abroad. You are self-supported. You are independent. There's only one church that's reached that stage. And that's Pastor Jacob's church, which he started 35 years ago plus. Months of telling you, Jesus. So, big challenges for us um, as as a work. So as part of the Samaku, right in the middle of the islands, um, 
He said to me, he replied to his compound, Brother Gary, I still have no church building. I've known him since 2004. Why can't you have church building? Because it's a very strong Buddhist area. And every time he buys the land and starts to build, they put a temple, start to build a temple. Once they start to build a temple, you, you, can't, you can't carry on. Buddhism takes priority. So he's still under the trees. And uh, he's getting an old man. <laughs> but he's doing great work amongst the uh, single example. That's a work which is prospering. He took us to a work which um, just come under my umbrella. This is a single East church. This was um, a church that belonged to the Church of the Nazarenes. Church of Nazarenes is a miracle masonry. They they pulled all funding for, for Shalane. And so some of these churches approached us for for support. Be under that umbrella because of the legalities in Sri Lanka to be a church are very difficult to meet. Mm. It took us down to this house church as well. Group of St. Please Ladies, family house here. Oh, yeah. That's time showing we've got some work together and praying. So it's a very hot and very long day. Recently, we've uh, one of the workers from the Church of Lazarines has had a work amongst the Vida people. So this is a Vida headman. The Vida are like the Aboriginal people of Sri Lanka. And uh, they live in the jungle, they keep away from Western society as much as they can. And they uh, live in long houses like this. It's, very basic living, and um, so we introduced uh, this headman to Pastor Jenkins. The bottles there are not bottles of beer or wine or spirit, they are bottles of wild honey. They collect honey from the forest, that's one of the ways they make an income for their society and their people. They are protected people that you very rarely see Vida. I'm quite excited to, to meet them later next year. So some of that, that people group have come together. It's a conference down right now in Sri Lanka. We pray for that. And some of that have gone to two guys here, particularly holding to the tradition of the, the Sarong. But these are just a wonderful you know, work to see that God is working amongst this people group. That allow humans to have contact with. <coughs> so we have a work which is so called social based. Young lady who's supported by our um, sponsor program. So currently, Cash Lake is sponsoring 150 children that provides them with food, education, materials, books, pencils, school uniform, shoes. Education in Sharanka is free, but you must have a tie and you must have shoes. So Cash Lake will provide that for them. We are Funding 10 preschools of 272 children, so that's young people, and that's a great way for us to reach into a new area of the gospel through children's work. We're supporting 10 after school nutrition classes, and 390 students. A lot of their parents cannot read or write. Education is interrupted for them because of the Civil War and other circumstances. So, you'll find children reading the Bible to their parents. you find children, you know, leading that family devotion. They read the Word of God. So we provide 
teachers to help them with their homework and to push them through for exams. <coughs> they could program for 2,850 children and we're supporting 192 widows currently. Um, lots of widows in Sri Lanka, again, because of the Civil War, the tsunami, etc. And we provide in 4,550 families with food relief. That's not weekly. That's as and when we have the means and the funding to do so. Right. Large Sunday schools with our works. <coughs> so that's it's in the Hill Country, Centre Highlands, where your tea is growing. Uh, this is Hapatini um, Sunday School. We were two hours late for this meeting, and they were sitting there waiting to hear me preach. <laughs> Can't be remarkable. I wonder if, if I was two hours late for this meeting, would you still be here? You've all gone home, haven't you? There's a real hunger and thirst for the Word of God, even amongst children. That they value God's Word. They, they see it as important and needful for their souls. Even young children, they're so respectful, there's no mucking about. You can get one or two who start messing around, but that's very, very rare. There's a great respect for the teachers, for pastors, great respect for those in authority. They respect authority, unlike children our nation. So do pray for our Sunday schools. Um, important aspect of our ministry. This is a new Sunday school work that did. Um, this is um, work right down in the valley. There's no transport there, no buses going down there. You might go walk, or you have a tutor if you're unfortunate to have that sort of money. But these are children from tea people families. They get paid £1.50 a day for ticking, picking leaves for a 12-hour day. And uh, we get breakfast to these children, which they much appreciate. So again, commend uh, Sunday School Works to you. Preschool work, <coughs> very important aspect. We can't just go into a village and plant a church. If you get invited by a preschool group for support, we can go in with financial support, pay the wages for the preschool teachers, then we can introduce the gospel through children's work. That's a good, legitimate way to bring the gospel to children. Heads mm. up, head. You know, they just can't say, what are you doing here? Mm. Been invited. Mm. The local committee invited us in for support. Mm. So that's really important. The lady here, she's a um, headmistress from Tandem Cameron Junior School. Always been very supportive of Pastor Jake Cameron. And, uh, this is Pastor Jake Cameron here, I'm going to point him out. I know him, you don't. <laughs> he was a Hindu. He was converted as a young man. His family had no electricity in their home, no running water, and to do his homework, he used to sit under a lamppost on the estate. His father worked in a paper mill, done by British, and he'd sit there to do his homework. A man would come there to read his Bible. Can I tell you about Jesus? I don't want to work his religion. I'm not interested. This man was persistent. He kept pestering me. And to, to shut him up, he said, okay, I'll come to your church one day. He went to church. God spoke to him. Boom. God spoke to him. And he's now in the ministry, full-time. And uh, it's God's servant. God's blessed him. He's under great attack, personal attack. So pray for Jacob, Pastor Jacob. God will hold 
So you get people who support him, you get people who criticize him. And this is the sort of invitation you get invited to. Preschool events. Look at these children. Look at their mothers. They're Muslim. Where would you get an opportunity to bring the gospel to Muslims? And we've got Imam here, we've got the local Hindu priest here, we've got Reformed Baptist pastor here. <laughs> we've got him, this, this guy here is the head of the, um, the preschool department in Trengo District. What an opportunity! And there's a same amount of people on this side of the room as well. The word of God was preached. The seed has been sown. We call upon you to water it with your prayers. And God will bring forth fruit from these young lives. Children are the future of our church. I've seen little ones who come through Sunday school, they become evangelists, they become pastors, they become Christian workers, all from Sunday school. It's a vital aspect of our ministry. All our preschool teachers um, undergo government training, they will, they will check, by, the police will check them to see if they're suitable. They go through safeguarding courses as well. Um, uh, yeah, it's very important for our, for our school work. So do pray for our preschool teachers. <coughs> so Sister Pushbarani, on the right here, she's in the chemistry department at the Six Mile Coast, presenting them with some items for our sponsored girls, some books and some items for the school. Likewise for this little group of children as well. Um, so do come your press or actually. There is a sponsored program if you want to be part of that and speak to me afterwards. We have also a sponsored program for the widows. Um, so these are some widows from Valacelli down on the east coast of Sharaga. These two ladies here, they, they live in the compound in the church in a tin shed. They've got a tin shed each. We gave them a sermon Bible in town. And they listened to God's words in the morning, during the day, in the evening. They have a little business. They sell fancy boots, hair clips, plastic hair clips, and combs. They knock on the doors, listen to God's word. As they're selling, listen to God's word. They use that as a evangelistic tool. Pray for that as well, as they share the gospel. Others may come in. Last time I went to this church, it's got bigger. You may be bigger. Every church I went to, there's more people there. So we're seeing growth in our churches. Despite the opposition from the locals, just across that boundary wall there, it's a Hindu temple. They crank up the Hindu music just to disturb. God is blessing the work of that chimney. This was sent to me um, last night from Sri Lanka. All the widows in, in the hill country, this is where it's, it's quite cold up in the hill country, so where tea is grown. They all come down, there's about, there's about 200 to go. These are the, the group from the hill country. They come down to the coast. They've never seen the sea before, never seen the beach, never walked on sand. It's the first time. So there's a conference for them, and they went out in the evening. There's a, um, Lectures and praying together, and doing some craft work together. So just a time of Christian fellowship and Christian enjoyment. So do pray for our members. Again, if you're interested in that program, speak to me. It's a lady 
it was just taking this work on, saying, can you please push it? So I pushed it, and I'll leave that with you in the Lord. Our widow is someone who lives in very poor conditions. This lady lives in a, well, I used to tell loosely, a Christian home, nursing home. There's four ladies in this particular unit. They don't go out. They're very restricted, very moats in the jungle area. And just, just pray for our widows. God bless them, people, and protect them. As I mentioned earlier, we do projects. So this lady here, she's got her goats. Goats produce milk. Milk will be sold in the market. We provide milking cows again for milk. Chickens we provide so they can lay eggs, etc. So we can sell in the market. It's a small income, but it's we don't want to produce rice bowl Christians. We want them to, to work. We believe that's a personal principle, them to work. So that's what we seek to do for these projects. Brother Akaya here, he was um, again a table tiger. He was bombed during a journey in his truck from table drivers, severely disabled. And he uh, set him up a small business on the roadside, a little shop where he can sell goods. We baptised him several years ago in his wheelchair. Four of his friends, four of his strong brothers, picked him up, carried him into the ocean, and he was baptised. What a testimony. He said, now I'm ready to die. What a, what a tremendous testimony. And he's still walking with the Lord. What doth hinder you? He was paralysed. It's just like the Lord, you know, when he's in that room and they smash the ceiling and they lowered him down to the Lord's feet. Just a beautiful picture. And uh, he speaks much of gospel. So God is calling out ones and twos uh, all over the island of Shemaine. A lot of our churches are small, meeting homes. They all. What's your greatest need? Now, if you ask that question, what do you think the answer would be? Oh, I need a toilet, I need running water, I need electricity. You ask them that question, we want a church. Hmm. A place where we can come together, not in someone's home, and come together to worship, out of the sun, out of the rain. And so this man's been eyeballed, it's a possibility. Um, it's been deserted since the wartime, that was someone's house. Jungle's taken over again. Uh, so it's a possibility we never purchase that land. So we saw a lady earlier on who was very supportive of Jacob. This man was very anti Jacob. So in the early days, when Pastor Stats work amongst the Telugu Gypsies, so they are a group of people which moved from three different spots in Sri Lanka down by Colombo, up to Trinco, and up towards Jaffna. The circuit, fortune tellers, palm readers. And uh, the pastor went to his village, he was invited by a village member there, shared the gospel. He said, Come again next week. He came next week, a few more people there, a few more people, a few more people. And the word just grew and grew. So it's about 150 in that church until last year when they had a split. But Sunday school there is still about 100 plus. When I was there in January this year, there stood about 80 there. So I was encouraged to see that. This man here, he put posters in the village. Picture of Pastor Jacob. This man is dangerous. He's collecting children's eyes. Harvesting children's eyes. 
that's a problem in Sri Lanka. Again, this very month, children are being kidnapped in Sri Lanka and their body parts are being taken. They've been sent probably to India and other parts of Asia. That's, it's just a wicked, wicked business. I see your faces, you didn't quite believe that, did you? That's what happens. Make, they make money. This man here, very strong Hindu. Now I know that, he's got this, he's got a gold mark on his forehead here. He's, uh, he's the head of the Hindu Young Man's Youth Association. So every the Christians and the Jews, they copy each other. The Buddhists, they never had Sunday school work, as we call it, but now they're teaching children that they seem to how important that is. This man is still anti-Christian, but he's softened. It's probably going to break into his heart when they come to faith. So we have gospel-based, we have the preaching of gospel, and we have seeing souls being saved. We don't convert, it's the Spirit of God who converts. The Spirit brings life from death, it brings light from darkness. And again, this last trip, we had three baptism services in the beach. It's a real blessed time. There's these Hindu converts from very, very poor Jewish backgrounds confess to the Lord as their Saviour. These are a group from a little village called Nina Kenny, right in the middle of nowhere. No one knows about Nina Kenny, but the Lord does, and He's calling the people out for Himself. And so we praise God for, for their testimony. They will suffer, some of these will suffer. They will get excommunicated from their families. They won't get invited to weddings. They won't get invited to birthday celebrations. They won't get invited to a funeral until they reconvert. Until they come back to mother. So they see Hinduism as mother. And you do not abandon your mother. So until you come back to mother, you are excluded. They, some of them possibly go be persecuted from where they work, with their colleagues at work, and from the management, etc. So do pray for them to, to stand and to withstand. There are great temptations buried upon because people. At the end of a baptism, we have a, a family meal together, and this is a Pastor Jacob's uh, home, and singing and preaching the Word of God. And then we present them with the Word of God. And that, that, that Bible there is a month's wages. A month's wages. They can't afford Bible. So we get good rates from the Bible Society in Sri Lanka and we purchase in bulk and we present those being baptised with the Word of God. Mm. That's what's going to feed their souls. Mm. As they meditate upon it, as they ponder on it, as they share the Word of God, it will be a blessing to them. So that is akin to our old King James Version. There are new versions coming out from southern India into Sri Lanka. I'm going to that, but we're sticking to this old version. Um, it was translated by a German missionary back in the 1700s. And so we very thankful that the Word of God is in their language, in singles and 
and in sound. At the end of the service, two little boys came up to Pastor. Pastor, we want a Bible, please. And Pastor Jane said to me, well, shall we get them on? I said, of course we know. Because the spares, give them a Bible. So let's pray that as they read it, we've got to speak to them through it. And that they may be a blessing to their society, to their families, and to the church as they there's not more I can say, but um, I'll give you time for some questions. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.